Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. I have Elijah Evans with us today, one of our writers. And we're going to go through Dodgers Diamondbacks. Who is going to win this series? Before we hit record, we were almost contemplating if it was worth recording because I thought it was so obvious the Dodgers were going to win. And Elijah gave me a pretty impassioned Diamondbacks pitch here. So I said, all right, I think it is worth hitting recording and, and, and getting this take you had um you know on camera so i can make fun of you when it doesn't happen <laughs> but no seriously i think it is an interesting series it's two teams in the same division matching up what gives you confidence that the diamondbacks are going to beat the 100 win actually did they get to 100 this year were they 98 yeah, win yeah 100 exactly it was 100 exactly of course the 100 yeah. win dodgers of course get to the century mark how are they going to pull this thing off I, I think it, it starts with the just the Diamondbacks. They're just riding in hot right now. And I think they're a team that, you know, we saw the, the ebbs and flows of a young team this season where earlier in the year, Diamondbacks looked like, you know, hey, this team is legit. Like they could really make a run. They were leading the NL Central for, or the NL West for a while um, early in the year when you know, the Dodgers were having a little bit of struggles early in the season, kind of getting settled, some injury stuff. And, and the Diamondbacks were in charge of that division for a while. And then we saw them totally like fall off a cliff in the middle of the season and july into august where they they you know they fell out of the division they ended up falling out of the wild card race even technically they were they were out of a playoff spot for a little while and then they turned it on and they finished the season aside from the very last weekend of the season where they got swept by the astros they finished september and and they earned themselves a spot on the wild card and they kind of they pulled ahead they pulled into that five seed in the nl they ended up falling the last day of the season to the six seed but that was actually perfect i i'm not saying they did it on purpose and i i know teams never try to lose but losing to the astros in that series set up the diamondbacks rather than playing the phillies set them up to go into milwaukee with a team who has consistently underperformed and the diamondbacks went into milwaukee and they showed up and showed out this week against the brewers um you know their their young offense delivered corbin carroll gabby moreno you know Cattell Marte looked great throughout the series kind of providing that leadership christian walker they their offense just they got it done they did what they needed to do they were aggressive on the bases they're just a really really potent offense with a lot of just guys who just do what you have to do to score runs you do the sack fly you do the bunt you steal whatever and it's just an offense that i just think can hang with anybody right now the way they're playing and then on the other side of it you look at a team where because of the setup of the wild card they didn't have gallon or kelly merrill kelly's at gallon they're two kind of you know gallon's the ace kelly's the two but those are those are the top two of their rotation and they've just they've been great all year they didn't have either one of those guys for game one they pull out a win with two and a half innings of Brandon fought and then a bullpen game from a bullpen that we expected to be one of the worst of the playoff bullpens. Right. And then you, you, you know, gallon struggles even in game two, a little bit compared to what you expect to see from gallon and their offense completely picks them up. They break through after a few innings of struggling against Freddie Peralta. They take the lead. They run away with it. The bullpen locks it down and they sweep the brewers, which then allowed them to have Merrill Kelly, not even throw in that series. So now you go into a series against a division rival. The Dodgers have owned the Diamondbacks in the past few years. They beat them. You know, they, they won the season series this year. They are the better team in pretty much every facet. But with that said, this is five games, right? You've got Merrill Kelly for game one, who didn't even have to throw. You've got your ace and Zach Gallen fully rested by game two. And that sets you up to have a potential game five where either of those two top pitchers could potentially be available to pitch. That is the reason I think it's possible, but let's get into a little more of the, you know, detailed matchups and all that stuff. Well, before we get into the detailed matchups, I want to note that we, we talk about the Diamondback struggles in August. 
they played the they played the Dodgers twice in August and the Dodgers swept both series. So they won the last five to win the season series. Before that, uh, you know, they were actually angling to to win the season series. You know, to me, it's just the Dodgers, like I can't get like past the thought of how are Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman really gonna lose this series? Like they are so good. Yeah. And yes, last year they got eliminated in this divisional series round, but they got eliminated by a Padres team that had so much more star power. And even particularly in that rotation, like last year, the the Darvish Musgrove Snell, like that was one of the, the best playoff rotations that was available that just kind of ran out of gas in that NLCS as good as Kelly is. And as great as gallon can be, I don't think that they have enough of a starting pitching edge. You can say they have a slight edge, but it's it's two starters. Like if they had a really good number three, I'd be more in on it. Game yeah. one, it's Merrill Kelly versus Clayton Kershaw, and you know if you want to poke holes and, and say the Clayton Kershaw, uh, you know postseason stuff, I still think Kershaw can deliver in game one. Are you going to say that that's a game that the Diamondbacks have an edge? I don't know about an edge, but I don't know if I would say that, you know, the, I don't know if I think the Dodgers have an edge. I think that's how I'd put it. You definitely are not giving the edge to the Diamondbacks, but I don't think it's a significant edge for the Dodgers either. Honestly, I I really don't. I think Kershaw is a Kershaw. He's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to talk about, you know, his historical playoff fault fault. You know, I, I don't care about that. He's still Clayton Kershaw. He's one of the best pitchers we've ever seen play baseball. With that said, his velo's down, his shoulder's been bothering him a little bit, and Merrill Kelly's a guy who has been nothing but consistent and has done good against the Dodgers in the past as well. So I think it's fairly even match. I think because it's game one, it's in L.A., it's their first game of the playoffs, it's definitely a lean to the Dodgers, but I could see the Diamondbacks winning this game with their offense as hot as it is coming out of this Brewers series. I think the roadmap to the Diamondbacks winning this series might actually then be like have them taking the first two games and yeah. still winning in five. Like, I think it's, it's like th- there has been those divisional series in the past where the Dodgers in particular have gotten punched in the mouth and then they kind of claw back into it. And, you know, maybe they, they can't call, call all the way back where you, you look at the series at the end. Think, yeah. If that thing went seven games, the Dodgers would have pulled it out. I, I think it would have to be that game one Kelly winning and then game two, Yes, big edge Diamondback, Zach Allen versus probably Bobby Miller, um, unless they go Lance Lynn. But I, I think it's probably Bobby Miller. That's what we have in Bobby. the article here. That would make sense. And you're asking a lot of Bobby Miller in that game. He has to pitch at home. That's a good thing for him. But, I mean, Zach Allen clearly should win that game and, and would have to. Like, there's no world where they win that series if Zach Allen doesn't win game two in my eyes. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I think that's kind of like the must-win game. I think the Diamondbacks could still get by with losing game one and winning game two. Like you said, I think getting out early with Kelly and Gallon will be important for the Diamondbacks. If they go down 2-0, there's no chance they're winning. But I think that that's kind of the must-win. I agree. I think that's the game you have to get if you're Arizona. And you have to come out of L.A. with at least one. I mean, ideally, you come out with two, of course, because then you have kind of huge question marks pitching-wise in the third and fourth games. Like you said, the Diamondbacks, this could be a year early, and I could be getting a little ambitious here because they don't have that third guy. Brandon Fott was kind of supposed to take that step, and he was supposed to be one of these impact rookies in a way that Bobby Miller has been. 
but he hasn't been. He struggled a lot. He's shown some promise, but he he Brandon Fott is not. He, he shouldn't be a three in a playoff rotation right now. Same thing goes for Ryan Nelson and any of the other options they've got there. They really don't have a three. That's part of why I you know a month ago in my little free agent prediction, I, I thought I think they're going to throw a massive bag at Aaron Nola because I think he would be the perfect addition to this type of rotation. And they're going to be. We, we know the Diamondbacks are going to be rotation hunting. Um, you know this coming off season, but I think that for right now, it's a tricky spot to be in. You've got to get at least one of those first two in LA. You do. And I think, you know, more so than talking about the pitching matchups in game three and game four, I think what's interesting is looking at the bullpens. Cause I think that's because these teams are so short in the rotation, that's where they're going to need the, the, the bullpen to pick up the slack. And I think that's where the Dodgers sort of separate themselves. You know, they picked up, uh, you know, at the deadline, you know, three pitchers, uh, Ryan Brazier, uh, Yarbrough, and uh, of course, Joe Kelly, who all pitched great down the stretch, uh, all pitched to sub three ERAs from June 20th on, as, as uh, Jordan noted in the article here, the, the Dodgers bullpen pitched to a 2.28 ERA. So I think that's where they're going to have to win this series. And really, that's where they're going to have to win the playoffs. Yeah. They're going to need a lot of heavy lifting from their bullpen. And as good as you know, Paul Seawall, Kevin Ginkle, like there, there are arms the Diamondbacks have. I don't think they have as many. Yeah. And I think the depth in the Dodgers bullpen is what's ultimately going to win out, in my opinion, and, yeah. and particularly in those two games. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely the biggest part of it is that those those game three fours, like it's going to be heavy bullpen usage from both teams, no matter what, no matter who the starters are. Right. I think you could get a vintage Lance Lance starting game three and he could just dominate and they could kind of ride that game out easily. But generally speaking, the bullpen usage is going to be high from both teams in both of those games. So the Diamondbacks, it's going to have to come from it. it like I said, it, it starts with the two big starters. You've got to get one of those two. And then it has to come from the offense. The offense just has to completely go off for them to have a chance. But I can see that being a young offense that could just, I mean, could you see Corbin Carroll just going like four for five one day with like seven RBIs and like the playoffs and just being like, maybe not seven, that's a little dramatic, but you know, just being like, being like, hello world. Like I'm an MVP candidate every year from now on. Like I, I could see that being a reality, honestly, and Cattell Marte, Christian Walker. I mean, it's not just Carroll. Like I think a lot of people look at the Diamondbacks and they're like, you've got a Corbin Carroll who's this face and he's amazing. And he's a, having one of the best rookie seasons we've seen in a while but they've got some serious veteran studs. You know, Tommy Pham has been, I know, former Met, you know, Tommy Pham has done his job this year. He's been really solid for them. And, you know, Patel Marte and Christian Walker, I love their bats. I think, you know, we saw Alec Thomas hit a big home run in this past series. Uh, you know, Gabby Moreno, his health is a little bit of a question. I'm hoping he's playing, but he is a guy who I think could really kind of announce himself um, this next round. And there, there's some pieces there, but it's going to have to, like you said, the Dodgers bullpen is going to be their huge advantage in this series and their lineup to an extent too. But the, or the, the, the way for Arizona to take this is just those two starters dominating and their offense, just finding a way to get it done in each game. Yeah, no, I, it's, I'm not saying it, it isn't possible. Yeah. I'm definitely not saying that. I mean, look, anything's possible in October and the Diamondbacks have shown to be a team that can get hot and that's all they have to do yeah. have to get hot for a couple of games, particularly that offense. I, I just think that, there's not enough good pitchers on the Diamondback side. They're going to yeah. hold down an offense that has Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. Like I just, that, that I, is, that is definitely the most likely outcome. I think that's <laughs> a completely fair point. And I think that is, 
that that's that's most likely what's going to happen. I think it's really hard to imagine Arizona's pitching behind other than Gallon and Kelly being able to contain that offense because the Dodgers offense, it's great. It's potent. I mean, like those two are two of the best players in our game. They've supported by guys like Muncie and there's plenty of other people who can hit in that lineup. Um, but with that said, if it gets to a game five, this is what I wanted to mention earlier. If the Diamondbacks find a way to win one of those two, I think the home factor could matter in those games three and four, even though they're going to have a pitching disadvantage in game three and four, the first playoff games in Arizona in many, many years in game three and four, if they can pull out one win at home, assuming they get one from one of their two pitchers in, in LA, if they can get one win at home in game three and four, and they can get it to a game five where you have both Gallon and Kelly locked and loaded, ready to go. They could literally, like, I could see a world where they go six innings of Gallon and three innings of Kelly, and they don't even touch their bullpen other than maybe Seawold. Like, there, there's a chance that could happen, and it would be Kershaw again, probably. It'd be Kershaw plus, you know, whatever bullpens you have. And I I could see it. If it gets to five, I could see it. I'd see no way that Arizona wins in three or four. I just don't see it happening because of what you said with the bullpen and the lineup and everything that you made. It's, it's, the Dodgers are the better team. But if they can get it to game five, I think Arizona has a really good shot at taking it. The funny thing is I almost see the roadmap being the Diamondbacks winning the first two, losing the next two, yeah. and then winning in game five. And that would mean that the road team won all five games, which probably won't happen. And look, this is, uh, you know, it's not, not like know. anything is, is going to change Clayton Kershaw's legacy. I mean, he, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. There's always he's going to go into Cooperstown with people noting the lack of playoff success. It's it's too late in his career to completely change the narrative. Sure, but this is a series with a depleted Dodger staff, and this is a postseason run with a depleted staff that Kershaw really has to be the man again. Um, yep. Which I, I think to me, that's why they don't make it to the World Series. I think they make it past the D backs. Um, yeah. And honestly, I think the winner of Phillies Braves is going to the World Series is what I think. I, I've been on that for a while. I think, you know, once it kind of you started to see the Phillies really take their kind of step forward towards the end of the season and kind of cement themselves as the clear top wildcard team. And, you know, as good as, you know, they were in my mind, they were better than the Brewers. In my mind, they came into the playoffs as the third best team in the NL pretty clearly, yeah. honestly. So I, I agree with you. I have whoever wins that series making the World Series regardless of this matchup. But the way I would put it in this series is most likely outcome is Dodgers in four. I think that is the realistic most likely outcome. Walker Bueller himself said it on the Just Baseball show. It makes the most sense. With that said, if the Diamondbacks can make it to game five, look out and remember who told you that because I, I think there is a chance that the Diamondbacks pull this out in five games. And you know what? I like the underdog, so I hope you're right. I would go Dodgers in four, like you said, but hey. Yeah. You never know what can happen in the playoffs. That was another edition of Who's Better Baseball. Make sure you check out all of our videos on each of the divisional round uh, series. Check all the written stuff at JustBaseball.com and follow us throughout the rest of the playoffs.